0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav. Hello, hello, hello. I felt like RuPaul right there. I don't know if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race. That's one of my favorite shows. But every time he goes into a room, he's like, hello, hello, hello. And I'm like, I just love that. And then also, if you are never going to watch it or if you haven't watched it, he always says, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an Amen. And I want to start that. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it every every podcast episode, but I just love that, and so I just wanted to start the little podcast off with that, with a little positivity, uh, to love yourself, and you only get uh, one life, so live it. Amen. That's it. That's the episode. Just kidding. Just kidding. How is everyone doing? I feel like I usually get right into the episode. Uh, we've done 68 episodes now. Uh, And I feel like I don't know maybe I should mix it up a little bit It's been almost a year since I did like the get to know me episode So I think I'll wait until it really is like a year and do another one and have maybe like the husband like ask me questions or something like that And can you believe that I've lived in North Carolina for almost a year? like that's weird, right? Like y'all remember the episode where I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're moving." Yeah, it's now almost been a year and I kind of hate how the time flies, but also I've been just having a good time. So, I mean, I don't know. You win you lose, I guess. Next week, not next week. Um next week there'll be an episode. I mean, every week there'll be an episode, but in 2 weeks I'll have to pre-record because we're going to be on a cruise and I'm so excited oh my gosh I need this vacation we booked this cruise in 2019 and then you know 2020 happened so we booked it for 2020 everything went got shut down so it got canceled so we're like okay maybe by the end of 2020 so we rebooked it and then that got canceled so we're like okay maybe 2021 we could try again nope it got canceled so we're like well we're all too busy in 2022 with like moving and just everything let's book it for 2023 (laughs) and now we're here (laughs) so we surprised my parents in 2019 and was it 2019 or 2018 I don't even remember the year that we surprised them with it Um, But we surprised my parents because they've never been on a cruise before. So we're like, I doubt they're going to do it themselves. um, Because, you know, they're they're homebodies, like, they don't really go out and do things unless other people are doing them. (laughs) Like they they like to stay at home. So I was like, No, we're gonna get you on a cruise. Uh, you, Everyone deserves to go on a cruise because they are so magic. And you get to go to a lot of different places and everything's basically planned out for you. So why would you not want that? So we're doing that in two weeks. We are going to the Western Caribbeans. I'm so excited just to be on the beach. I don't really care at this point if there's warm weather. I mean, there will be warm weather, but living over here in the south now, it's always warm. So I'm like, "Eh, that's not really, like, what I'm looking for now, like, what I'm looking forward to. I really just, like, want to sit on the beach, get some sun, and read and not worry about work. I will tell them that I have no service and I can't do anything. So I think that sounds like bliss is to just completely disconnect. So that's what I'm planning on. Even though you can buy, like, Wi-Fi and everything, I'm not going to do that. I'm just... I'm just going to live in the silence, and it's going to be magic. So that's happening in two weeks. I don't know yet the book that I want to do for next week, though, but I am going to be on the lookout for what I want to read next. And speaking of reading next, I am going to kind of give you an update on my to-be-read list, which these three books actually weren't on that list. I found them in the past couple weeks, and I just read them, and decided that they weren't worthy to do an episode. So I just want to tell you that I read them and a little bit about them. The first one is The Never King by Nikki St. Crow. And this is one that I think my sister sent me a TikTok on this, but it's like the Peter Pan retelling, but it's a lot. Like, I I couldn't, con- I mean, I read the whole thing, but I would... I, I couldn't. I couldn't recommend it to people. Like, I can't. I can't tell my sister to read it or my mom. Like, absolutely not. I, like I barely got through it because it is so spicy. like And it's kind of a reverse harem, but kind of not. Like, there's a couple like three love interests that I'm like, okay, which one? But also, they don't tell you that it's a reverse harem. And it's just really, like, crude. And I I was very surprised because I mean it's TikTok. They they choose the spiciest and the most like catching line of the book to really reel you in. So, and I was, uh, but it just it just disappointed. It really did. But you know what? If you like really spicy, like really really spicy, and you want to read it and see and tell me what you think, go for it definitely go for it. If that's your kind of thing, it's just not my, it's not my thing. It's not my thing. So yeah, that one, if you're into really spicy, sure. The storyline was very interesting um, because he like loses his shadow and they don't even, I don't know, the book ended so quickly too that I'm like, wait, I feel like it was just leading up to we are kind of knowing what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just ended way too quick. And there are, like, the next books are out. So the storyline's short. Sure, it was interesting. And it just wasn't worth it to continue reading. So the next one I read uh, a couple days ago. It's called Until You Can't by Brittany Sahib. Sahib? Uh, it was good. It was spicy. Um, it was, I don't know how to, I don't know. It was like about these neighbors that grew up together, uh, but you don't really learn very much about their childhood, but she dates like the younger brother and it's the older brother that really has feelings for her. And so they're like older now and he was in the Marines like he, or he was a Navy SEAL in, like, those, the higher-up, like, secret mission-type things. So he gets injured. He comes back. Um, His little brother has broken up with the neighbor girl, and he gets in trouble. The younger brother gets in trouble. He needs this money. And so the older brother has to go to, like, his uncle to get his inheritance. But in order to get the inheritance, he has to get married and has to be legit. So basically um, he, like, gets into this relationship with the neighbor girl and they fall in love and it's really quick actually. Um, And it's good. Like I know that there are a lot of other books that this author has like wrote that are about the characters that are in this book as well. So if you really like Navy SEAL type books, I definitely, I recommend it. It was good. I liked the storyline. Something about the writing, it just wasn't my favorite, I was kind of bored, but I don't know. It was good. It, it was actually pretty good. I don't think I'll read any of the other books, but um, I think it's a good start if you like that kind of genre um, or subgenre. I don't know what it's called, but subject, I guess, um, about, like, the military. Uh, the next one I read yesterday. No, no, no. I read on Sunday. I read this book and the second book of it. Uh, just kidding I take that back I'm halfway through the second book so it's called The Court the Fae Forgot by Eden Beck I uh, how do I describe this it's a mess but I still have high hopes for it like the first book was way too short and I liked where it was going like I liked the beginning I liked the middle And I liked where I could see it going, but then it didn't go that way and ended very quickly. So now I'm in the second book with all these questions about these Fae and this world that's trying to be built. But it kind of seems like there's two different worlds within the story and the author can't decide which one she wants to go with. I don't know. It's just kind of a mess. But I'm, I'm holding on because I have high hopes for it. I really do want it to be good. Like the ideas that are, are in this book, like the, the characters I am starting to like, it has great potential. And I'm really hoping it pays off in the next book. So those are the three books that I've read the past week or so. And like my thoughts and feelings on them. And today's episode is on Things We Hide from the Light by Lucy Score. So we did the first book last week, which absolutely obsessed. This one just barely came out. I was so excited to read it and it paid off. It was amazing. I love Lucy Score. She's one of my favorite authors now. Like these are two solid, solid books. That I would recommend to my mother sister. So the mother sister standard, absolutely. Like I think that there's a couple like parts that they can skip, because um, they get a little bit spicy. But other than that, it I love it. I love the town of Knockem Out. I love the characters. Like every single character, I absolutely loved. Like there w- there weren't dull moments. Like y- just the story flowed, and it was a mystery too. Like, the first one wasn't as much as a mystery um, because it was, like, about her twin sister, like, t- uh, Naomi's twin sister, and more about, like, the love story. And this one is about the love story as well, but there's more mystery with, like, who shot Nash. And this book is about Nash, and it's about Lena which Lena, she and Knox, who's Nash's brother, they dated in college just for a little bit of time, but then they decided that they were just friends. Like, they just really enjoyed each other as friends. And so they've stayed in touch for a really long time. And so during the first book, Lena actually does come into town. It was right before, I think right before Nash got shot. So her and Naomi have become friends, and... Knox is good friends with her as well so she's in town she's kind of puttering around and so that's where we leave off that Naomi and Waylay they are back home safe because they got captured by Duncan Hugo which is like this crime lord guy and Tina Naomi's twin sister she's in jail now and so it picks up with that where there is the FBI. They're talking to Nash at his in his office because he's the sheriff. And they tell him, like, you know, we know that you have a personal interest in finding Duncan Hugo. Uh, obviously, because, like, your name was on that list that they were talking about um, where there's, like, all these officers. Uh, but they're like, we're... We understand that, but we're actually going higher. We want Duncan's father, Anthony Hugo, which Anthony is like a big crime lord. He has like territories in like Washington and D.C. and Baltimore, and he's like this big like racketeering, drugs, sex trafficking, while his son is more in like stolen electronics and cars, things like that. So they're trying to find Duncan to get to Anthony and so they're telling Nash basically like hey we know you're interested in this obviously you got shot but please like let us do our job and in his head he was like I have nothing left I have no desire to find the man responsible for this and it's sad and like one thing about this book is that it's so real it feels very real it has very real emotions Nash goes through depression. He goes through anxiety attacks. Like, he is feeling these real emotions, and so it's very relatable, and you feel for him. Like, you want to help him. You hope that Lena helps him. You hope that his family and friends realize that he's going through this with, like, PTSD and everything like that, that that they can reach out, that he will reach out. So he is feeling that. He's like, you know what? Part of me died in that ditch last night, And what was left didn't seem like it was worth fighting for. And he's been police chief for five years now. And he goes to work and tells everyone that he has to go to physical therapy. But then he just goes home and he lays in bed and he just goes into a depression and doesn't know, doesn't feel anything. Um. But during that day, though, when the bureau came to him, he told everyone, "Yeah, yeah, I have physical therapy." He went to go home in a stairwell because he has an apartment above where Knox has his businesses. So, like the barber shop, the bar. Um, what else does he have? I think he has something else. Um, but there's apartments up there. So, he, so Nash is going up to his apartment. And Lena is trying to move into the next door of him, and so she's pushing boxes in, and he's like, "Wow, you're really attractive." (laughs) He doesn't say that, and so she they like flirt together, um, but then she goes in, and he goes into his, and he just starts his depression episode. I don't know, like. He gets into his thoughts like and I can't remember if I said this in the last episode, but he can't remember what happened, like who shot him, what happened when he was shot, what just anything leading up to it. And he was worried. He was worried he wouldn't remember. He was worried that he would. He didn't know, honestly, which was worse, like he knew that he drew his weapon too late Um, He didn't remember getting hit by the bullets. He knew that there were two shots. He fell to the ground, and he was pretty sure that Duncan Hugo climbed over the car. Uh, He doesn't remember what Duncan said to him, but he knew that headlights appeared, and that's when the person or Hugo took off. And thankfully, it was like 20 seconds later, thankfully a nurse late for her shift in the emergency room spotted him and immediately helped him. So that saved his life, thankfully. The next day he is still in his fields, and he's like, you know what, maybe if I go to the spot that I was shot, maybe something will trigger my memory. So he does. And he is trying to map out what happened when he hears a sound in the woods and he like all his senses are just like on high alert he hears this like little whistle noise so he whistles back and then he hears kind of a little bit of whining so he starts following the noise to like a drainage pipe and there's like a little there's a little dog that he's like stuck and so like he so Nash gets down and like helps him get out but then Lena was um she was running by and sees him and so she like helps him um so together they take the dog to like the vet and they like get everything ready for like Nash to basically foster this dog but in reality Nash basically took over ownership of the dog um this whole time though things are starting to get a little bit not weird but suspicious with Lena because we at this point, we don't know like anything about her. Um, the, a lot of things have been cryptic, and Lucian, who is the best friend of Knox and Nash, he starts to get suspicious as well. And um, so he asks Knox, like, "Okay, what does your friend do?" And he's like, well, "I don't know. I don't. He's l- his little gruff. Like, I don't really care. She's just my friend." Um, And he's like, okay, well, I found out that she's an insurance investigator for this insurance company. She's basically a bounty hunter for personal property. And he tells Nash and Knox, he's like, so she shows up in town right after Nash takes a couple bullets. And she lies about what she does for a living. And there's this U.S. marshal that's also like, following Nash but he they like know about each other he knows that he's following him I think it's like for protection because Duncan is still out there and Lena knew who the marshal was like they knew each other from previous encounters and so Lucian's like you don't think that this is some like coincidence um and so Nash gets a little suspicious he still he likes how he feels around Lena he actually feels something and so he gravitates towards her a lot and they just kind of click but he still like is unsure he thinks that she's lying she's not telling him the truth about what she does why she's there um so he's still like uh, guarded a couple nights Um, I don't know if it was after work or what, but he makes it into his stairwell and he has a panic attack and he goes, he gets like tunnel vision he starts to shut down. He starts to breathe like very rapidly. He's just having a full episode and Lena actually shows up and helps calm him down. She puts like a cold compress on his chest. Like she takes him through the steps and, and to calm, to calm him down and, um, And especially like her presence is helping him um, to not feel as depressed. And so, um, so they just sit there and have a really good moment in this stairwell. And she helps him up to his apartment. And he asks her, you know, how do you know what to do? Like, how did you know to put a cold compress? How did you know this? How did you know that? And. And she's like, well, I used to get them all the time. Um, I used to get panic attacks when I was a teenager in my early career. um, She actually went into cardiac arrest at 15 on the soccer field, and she had to be revived. Um, So she was like playing the game, soccer, get really intense, and then all of a sudden she doesn't remember anything, and she wakes up in the hospital room. Uh, The coach, I guess, had to do like CPR, and um, it – They found out that she had a defect in one of the valves of her heart, and it didn't close right, so the blood was allowed to flow backwards, basically. And so she had to go in and out of surgery. She had to go in and out of the hospital during high school, and that would cause her panic attacks. Like, she was nervous when her heart would start beating rapidly that she was going to go into another cardiac arrest. Um, She had the surgeries to get valve replacement when she was 16, And she still goes to see a cardiologist just to monitor things. Um, But she still gets those flutters. And so she knows exactly the steps that she needs to take to be able to calm herself down. So we learn this is I don't think I mentioned this, but this is a dual point of view. Uh, in this book, and I loved it. I loved seeing both of them because I loved the characters, and so I don't mind that, that dual point of view. It's just when I don't like both characters or I only like one character that I really don't like the dual point of view. But this one, loved it. I'm so glad, actually, that there were, that you could see both sides. Um, so we go to Lena, and she is going to go talk to Tina, who is in jail. And we learned that she is, like, the bounty hunter for insurance. And, um, like, in, instead of finding people, she finds things that were stolen. And so she tells Tina that she thinks Duncan stole something that's valuable to her client. And so she starts to, like, goad Tina. Like, oh, um, he was hiding this from you. Like, he stole this 1948 Porsche convertible. And it's worth so much money. He was going to hide it from you. And so she, Tina just spills everything. She's like, this guy, Duncan, was so obsessed with getting his dad's approval. But that was until Duncan, like, effed up that hit, basically. And so Tina, Tina doesn't know who shot Nash, um, but she's just assuming from what Duncan has been saying that it was him. And, um, because Nash has been having these panic attacks, um, that's why he's been going home, not actually going to physical therapy. He just hasn't been around the office very much. And so there's one of his officers, Tate Dilton, who actually, he's just, oh, we hate him. He is so ignorant. He thinks he's high and mighty he thinks he's such a badass because he's this cop and treating people badly. He's racist. He's sexist. He is the worst kind of cop there is. And he's gotten a big head about him. And so... Um, Once Nash starts going into the office more and really like taking charge again, his officers come to him and tell him the stories about Tate. And so Nash brings in like the union rep. He goes through all the right steps and puts Tate on suspension. And Tate, of course, gets super, super angry and is like, I did better for this office than you did, blah, blah, blah. So he's on suspension Um. After that little event happens, that's when Knox and Nash's dad comes in. He tells him, like, hey, I'm actually going to be going away for a while. And Nash is like, well, do you need help? Like, what what's happening? He's like, well, I'm, I'm actually going to get clean. Like, I'm going to a rehab program down south that is going to keep me accountable. Like, it, I really think that this will help me. And so he's like, great. Like, let us know how we can help. So that is kind of like a side story that we learn more about. And um, as the weeks go by, Nash starts to get feelings for Lena, but he knows that she lied. And um, as he's getting feelings for her, there are more occurrences that are happening that puts her in danger and so he starts to kind of freak out he doesn't think that he can protect her he starts to make up all the stuff in his head like she lied to all of us like to Knox, he said she got you to put her next door to me so that she could get access to me and my files because he learns that she is after duncan as well and Knox is like what are you talking about like you're just making things up like she didn't make me put her in that apartment i swung by the motel to pick her up for breakfast and found her hairspring a roach like I packed her stuff up I put her in that apartment she didn't make me do anything so get in like get back in line basically but the root of all of this is fear like Nash is just scared he's scared that he's going to love someone so much like his dad loved his mom that if, so, if something were to happen to his person, uh, he can't protect her. He's afraid that he's going to end up like his dad. Like, his dad, if you don't remember, is an addict. Like, he started using drugs, mostly opioids, after their mom died. And his dad would always, like, swear that he was going to be sober. He was never going to use again. He'd commit to, like, pick them up after school. Um, but he just kept letting them down, like, over and over. So... He is scared that that's going to happen to him, so he starts to push Lena away. One night, Lena is at the bar with a couple of her friends like Naomi, and there's Sloane, who is the librarian. She's the one that we don't know what happened between her and Lucian. I think they grew up next door to each other, and they've just always been beefing and have this feud. So she is there with Naomi and a couple of the girls at the bar, like behind the bar that work there, they're all having like this great time. They hear in the back of the bar that this Tate Dylan is causing this ruckus. Him and this group of friends, they're just being so belligerent and just awful, awful guys. And so Lena's like, you know what? I'm going to make him uncomfortable. So she like turns her chair and she just stares at him until he stare, until he looks back at her and he like walks over, he's all smog and he's like, Oh, you're Morgan's bitch, ain't ya? Which Morgan is Nash and Knox's last name. And he and Tate is wearing like a knock 'em out PD shirt and and Lena oh, I just love Lena so much. Like, like I love her character. So he asks like, Oh, you're his bitch, ain't ya? And she's like, No, are you? And it's just she just like goads him. And that's when Tate starts like threatening, like, oh, maybe let him know that if he isn't careful, we might have to just take him down a peg or two. And she's like, oh, well, does Chief Morgan know that you're running around impersonating a police officer? Because I'm fairly certain in order for you to be a cop, you have to have a badge. And I heard a rumor that your badge is locked up in the drawer in Nash's desks. And so he, like, looks like he's about to punch her. But then there's this guy. He shows up, and he's, like, this big, tall, muscly guy, and he, like, kind of scares Tate off. And Lena calls him the cereal aisle guy because, like, a couple days before, um, she was with her neighbor, and she's this old, spunky lady. And there's a cereal aisle guy that he, I guess, is really attractive. And so um, the old lady kind of pushes... him and Lena together like just be like oh he's so cute so they like see each other again at this bar and so she's like hey cereal aisle guy and she's like thanks for that um and then he like leaves that night I think when she is about to like head home she gets kidnapped and I put that in like quotations uh because we find out that it's not actually kidnapping she has been trying to get a hold of the biker gang guy that's like in charge. His name's Grimm because he just knows he knows everything that's happening in his town and so she's been trying to get a hold of him and they have to be like pretty sneaky about it so yeah they like kind of abduct her and so she talks to Grimm because um, he's like hey I've been heard you're trying to meet me like is there a problem like uh, and he tells her like Duncan never left. He went underground. She's like, what? That wouldn't make sense that he would stay here. Like, why wouldn't he get out? And he's like, well, it doesn't make sense. But also, if he's planning to move on the family business, like, it makes sense. So they come up with this hypothesis or this theory that Duncan Hugo decided that he wants to step in as a head of a family, so all he really has to do is, like, clean up some loose ends. So, like, Naomi, the girls, and any witnesses, so that's why Knox, so that's why Nash was targeted first, because he's been a witness. And they think that Duncan has been sending in these anonymous tips about his dad, because once his dad gets like locked up then he can take over and basically shove it in his dad's face that he like is this big head honcho guy she goes back to Nash and there's like actually the whole group there so Nash and Knox and Lucian I think Naomi is there too so they want to come up with this plan basically to lure Duncan out and so they came up with that they are going to spread that Nash's memory came back. And so they are planning for that. And Nash takes Lena home that night and he has another episode. He has an anxiety attack. He kind of goes into this deep depression and he convinces himself that if he stayed, Or if he kept her, if he kept leaning on her, he'd be no better than his father. And if he loved her too much, then he would lose her and he wouldn't be able to protect her. So he he actually tells her to go. He's like, please go. Please pack your stuff. Like, I can't, I can't do this. And so she does. She packs her stuff. And then as she's about to leave, she's like, actually, no. Like, this is you pushing me away. This is me sticking. I'm sticking. Like I know you're going through something right now, but I want to stick. Like I want to be with you. We're going to figure this out. So it was great. I loved it. I loved that they had that turn. I loved that she didn't actually get away. And then I don't know. I feel like that happens a lot in books where they're like, oh, I'm leaving. And then Later, they're like, oh, I'm coming to get you. Like, it takes them a little bit to realize. But I like that Lena, like, stood up for herself. She's like, no, you're not going to push me away. I know what you're going through. I know what's going through your head. I'm sticking. I'm staying. And I love you. I loved it. Love, 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 love. So it's the night before the wedding, which I didn't mention that Knox and Naomi are getting married. And it was only, like, a couple (laughs) weeks uh, that like the the span of these two books is maybe a month, if that, if that, you know what I'm saying? So it's the night before the wedding. They do this bachelorette party, and um, Lena and Wele and um, Knox and Nash's grandma Liza. So the three of them go to the grocery store, and they're picking out stuff for bachelor the bachelorette party and she remembers she just has this click that they're trying to find these certain people that are like henchmen to Duncan and I can't remember what clicked in her head but she calls Nash and he's actually at the bachelor party so it goes to voicemail and she leaves this message she says Nash it's me a uh, burner phone guy is cereal aisle guy. Mrs. Tweety, who was the neighbor, was with me when we met him in the grocery store. He was buying the same kind of candy that Waylay said is Duncan Hugo's favorite. There were candy wrappers all over the warehouse floor in the crime scene pictures. I saw him again at Honky Tonk, which is the bar, the night Tate Dilton caused a scene. I know it's not much to go on, but I feel it in my gut. Call me back. So she has it clicked, like it's clicked in her head. And so she goes to turn around. Guess who is (laughs) there? Yeah, it's the cereal aisle guy. So he, like, picks her up, takes her, put her in a car, ties her up, and goes to... the warehouse we are guessing at this point and she's like you know what getting taken to a second location was a very bad thing but in this case she was finally going to see Duncan Hugo's hideout she had her phone in her jeans and Lucian's ridiculous tracker in her jacket pocket like he Lucian is very like in the government but like hidden I don't know just he's a whole nother story um, and she left that voicemail for Nash and she had a missed call from her mother during the rehearsal dinner so like her mom was going to start to freak out. Um, But before, of course, before they get to the second location, the guy stops the car and takes her jacket off, takes her phone, leaves them, so she can't really be tracked. Nash hears the voicemail, and he starts to think, candy wrappers, candy wrappers, candy wrappers. Boom. It was like someone snapped his fingers, it seemed like. He remembered everything. So it was a hot August night and he walks up to the car that he pulled over and he gets up to the window and it's a man in the hoodie and he's like been waiting for this for a long time and there's a candy wrapper and it's not Duncan Hugo. It was the candy wrapper and Tate Dilton's finger on the trigger and so he gets a call and it's not Lena. It was Liza J. And he's like, he got her, Nash. He got her. So uh, they can't track her. Um, Lena and the cereal aisle guy get to the hideout warehouse, and they're seated at this desk. Is Tate? Tate Dilton. And so she's like, oh, nice to see you again. You hire Tate to shoot Nash. Great. Uh, the dash cam was, like, pretty grainy, um, and the, the shooter was wearing, like, a hoodie and gloves. But Tate and Duncan Hugo had pretty similar builds and, like, similar heights, so it made sense why he, they all confused them. And Duncan comes out, too. So now we find out that Duncan is working with Tate, or Tate is working with Duncan, actually. And so she's, like, trying to goad him. They're not very smart. These villains or these bad guys, they're not smart. They really aren't. So she, like, goads them, tries to ask them these questions, trying to make them feel, like, so manly. And Duncan's like, yeah, I'm going to take everything from my dad whatever he owes me, and I'm going to watch him rot, and I'm going to enjoy it. And so he, I guess, is very much into video games. And so it's just, like, dumb like Dylan leaves um, because Duncan tells him to like go and like kill Naomi or something but Naomi's protected everything's fine um, and so Duncan like sits on the couch and starts playing this game and once upon a time when Waylay and Naomi were kidnapped by Duncan she remembers his like login his like user ID so Waylay, in the meantime, had told them, like, hey, I remember his username. Um, we should be able to track him from there. So that's what they do. So um, once Duncan logs in, Lucian gets, like, a ping on the IP address. And he's like, hey, we've got him. Like, this guy um, just logged into this game. Like, we can find him now. And Lena sees the opportunity to try and choke out Duncan. So she does, and she takes the headset and Waylay had actually logged in uh, to the same game, and they were able to talk to each other, and Lena was able to say, like, hey, the warehouse is bugged. This is where I am. Duncan is going to try and find Naomi. Um, like, basically, it's a, a booby trap. And, like, give him a heads up. So they're able to find him. So Nash and the whole police force, he went, he went about it the right way. Like, he didn't just go by himself. Like, he alerted, like... All the police force, he alerted just everyone, like the U.S. Marshals, FBI, everyone. He alerted everyone. We love that. Um, So they get to this warehouse, and there's, like, shooting all around. Nash is able to sneak up on Tate Dilton, Which Tate, like, came back, and he was, like, hiding. He was, like, shooting, all this stuff. And Nash is just, like, smarter than him. And so Tate, like, turns around, and he has the gun pointed, so they have the guns pointed at each other. And he's like, you stole the job from a real man and ruined the department because the previous sheriff basically did nothing and let Tate get away with everything. So that's why Tate is like, I should have been chief. Like, I did more for this town than you ever did. Nash is like, um... Great, okay, well, maybe you didn't really think about doing anything until Duncan Hugo Hugo came along and put a bug in your ear. Like, hmm, Nash is smart. Like, he knows how many bullets were in Tate's gun, and so he was, like, not even phased. So there was a click, like, Tate, like, pulled the trigger, but he was stunned because he didn't realize that he actually shot his last bullet. But right then... There was a shot from behind Nash, and Tate was shot. Like, blood starts appearing. So Nash turns around, and it's Wiley Ogden, who was the previous chief. Like, he was there. He was helping, and his hands, like, shook. And that's when Nash remembers, like, oh, yeah, in Wiley's two-decade career, the man had never discharged a weapon in the line of duty. Yeah, he did nothing, basically, in uh, being sheriff. So he actually did something. He killed Tate, so they got that taken care of. That's when the police force, like, swarms. They get Duncan. Tate Dilton is dead. Duncan Hugo was in custody. Everyone that Nash loved was safe, and they were, they were there. Um, some people were a little banged up, um, but then they were able to continue with the wedding that next day, and it was, like, super sweet, and you just seriously <laughs> love the characters, love the whole town. Like, there, I don't think there was one character, like, in the town that you got, like, too annoyed with, too frustrated with, like, just everyone is so lovable that you are just like, can you please continue this, these characters like please continue this storyline I want to know more I know that there for sure is going to be a third book but I think it's going to stop after that and that makes me very very sad <laughs> like I hope it keeps continuing I know Lucian and Sloan will have theirs and then I'm really hoping by that point like maybe Waylay is old enough that we can get like a story about her like I just want to read everything by this author I just love it so much and just solid, solid books. I will recommend this book series to everyone. Highly recommend you read it. I'm gonna be buying the second one in like the physical copy, and it just, it was great, and it's like a safe book that you can read over and over again. Like, you won't get tired of it, and when I say safe, I mean like you can like pick it up, not really knowing anything about it, take it on an airplane, have it be your only option and like love it immediately. That doesn't really make sense. It's fine. You get what I'm saying. So that is our episode for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you are really wanting to pick up this book. Also, I hope, I mean, I spoiled it, obviously, like these episodes are all spoilers, um, but hopefully it, was understandable and that you are able to follow along if you don't want to read these books, um, but uh, of course, there's a lot of details that I leave out in these episodes, so I still highly recommend that you pick up these books, um, but other than that, I'm grateful for you guys. Follow me on social media, uh, on my Twitter, on my Instagram, on my TikTok, which... I don't really post on but still follow me it's a fun time I'm active on there like everyone else it freaking sucks all my time out uh anyways hope you have a great week and I will talk to you later